Marie Karen, um, and welcome back to Living with MS, Truth Be Told. Um, today in studio, we have Sarah. Uh, Sarah was actually um, introduced to me by a uh, gentleman who said she's just the nicest woman. You're just going to love her. And I thought, well, of course I'll love her. I'll love anybody who's going to come on my show <laughs> and talk about living with MS, which is so very important. And those of you who are regular listeners will know that we've had a lot of people on this show talking about living with MS, talking about their diagnosis, and talking about uh, some of the, the 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 challenges they're dealing with. So I want to say hi, Sarah. How are hi, you? Hi, Marie. Good morning. <laughs> and it's a rainy day here in Toronto, and uh, Sarah uh, is looking not too badly uh, <laughs> for the weather. <laughs> um, so, Sarah, I know this is tough. Um, I know you're working full, uh, sorry, let's start with, um, can you walk us through your diagnosis and tell you uh, what your first reaction to your diagnosis was? Okay. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my diagnosis, I was diagnosed in uh, on September the 2nd, 2009, which is a pivotal, pivotal day in my life, um, my sister's birthday. Oh, okay. And that was actually her 30th birthday when I was diagnosed. Um so it all started when I started to feel a little off and I would see my doctor and she would just say, I think you have vertigo. I think that something's wrong. I lost a lot of weight and um, I was going through a lot of stress right. and I was going, I was in transition between jobs. So I finished one job, started another job. I'm go, go, go all the time. I can't mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. I won't sit still. I have to go, go, go. And then one day I woke up. I came home from work. I was exhausted. And then right. one day I came home from work and, uh, you know, parentals came into play and they said, you know, it's time to put a put a stop to this. You've got to go see your doctor who in turn switched me for all these blood tests and whatever other tests. And then um, I saw the neurologist on September the 2nd and that, that was the day that he told me, you've been diagnosed with MS. Okay. Okay. Interesting that you said it was your sister's your sister's, my sister's birthday. birthday. Yeah, I was diagnosed on my mother's fiftieth birthday, and she said, "Like so, whenever I say I've had MS for so long, she'll say, I know Marie, you were diagnosed my fiftieth birthday. How mm-hmm. could I forget?' <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny how pivotal things like that happen. It's monumental now. Yeah, yeah. And now you're 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 working still. Is that, I am. Yeah. And um, so. Um, since your diagnosis, have you experienced any decline in your ability? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. I'm a go-getter, and the day I was diagnosed was the day that I said to the neurologist, now what? How do we fix this? Let's get on with this. i got to get on with my life. Okay. So I've always had a positive outlook on it. MS is a you know neurological disease. It's debilitating to some, but you have to be your own doctor. You have to self-diagnose yourself because... They don't know what you're feeling, and they never will. Right. And, um, you know, the doctors obviously are there to assist you, but you can only handle so many meds before you say, enough is enough. I want to take matters into my own hands. So it's nice to have the prednisone to get you going, but then once you start familiarizing yourself with things, Mm -hmm. you just carry on. And I'm three careers into my life. I've worked three different careers and now I'm a teacher and I think it's fantastic and um, you know uh, in saying all of that I think that no there hasn't been anything that has stopped me if if I'm the type of person that if somebody says no I say watch me. (laughs) 
you right? know, I don't know if you've listened to any of the podcasts, but we did have a young girl called Cheryl um, who ran seven marathons on seven continents. Mm-hmm. And her exact words were um, her neurologist told her to um, lower her ex- expectations. And Cheryl said, like, just watch me. Right. <laughs> she went and Absolutely. she had a carbon ankle belt. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I love your attitude. Um, so, do, do you have a specific mantra for this change in life? Is it, you know? Um, my mantra is basically just to say, um, you know, just to stay optimistic and just to always look at the brighter side and just realize that this is part of my life now. I have a mess because it's part of me. It's who mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. And you can either be sad and depressed about it, like some people are, or you can say, hey, I'm going to spin this around and get myself back to 110% if I have to, mm-hmm. and just keep going that way. My mantra is just keep going. Okay. Well, yeah, because you know, my mother's mantra was just for, pretend you don't have it. Yeah. And that seemed to work for that. That did really work. Um, have you. Uh, have you ever asked yourself, why me? All the time. Okay. All the time. Uh, when I was first diagnosed, it was just like a, you know, okay, it is what it is. And the mm-hmm. next day I woke up and I, why, why me? Why mm-hmm. me? And how? That was my main question. Like, how did I get this? Yeah. But, um, you know, I didn't want to be ignorant towards it. So I researched a lot and I realized that being European, it's, statistically proven that you know being european being the age that i was the lack of vitamin d that we have like we don't have Mm -hmm. what they have in europe let's say Mm -hmm. or in other countries um so yeah i I asked myself many times like why me right but um then i pulled that together pulled myself together and i said okay let's fix this let's Okay. It is who I am. And can I ask you what your background is? I'm Italian. You're Italian. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, because it, it is uh, primarily Northern European disease, and you know, I know. I, I'm from Scotland, um, so we have hardly any sun at all so. ever. Yeah. I know. Um, On okay. days like today. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is what life is like in Scotland mm-hmm. all the time. Um, we all know that everyone. Exp- okay. I wanted to ask you this: um, Do you exercise, and have you changed your diet? <laughs> Don't put me on the spot. Um, do I exercise? I, I, I do. I stay physical. Um, mm-hmm. I don't go to the gym or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, when I was first diagnosed, I bought the DVDs that was given by the MS Society. And I stopped using them day one. I had to stop it halfway through because it's, you know, yoga and yoga for people living with MS. And they have care, they have different people there. And some of them are on wheelchairs. And... That's that your worst to me nightmare. was my no. That's okay. never gonna be me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and going to seminars and they have people like telling you, no, one day you will end up in a wheelchair. No, that's not gonna be no, me. No, that's not. So I mean, I stay physical. I mean, I work on the third floor all the time, so I'm always walking up and down those bloody stairs at school. Um, I stay physical in the sense that you know I keep fit. I don't really exercise per se but I do I have exercises that I, I mm-hmm. do I work on um, I have physio that I unfortunately when I was in a car accident I had to see a physiotherapist right and um, yeah that's pretty much it I don't really 
Too okay. much more. All right. The reason I ask is because um, when I was diagnosed back in the dark ages, and I think when I sent some information to you, I said 1984, and then I said, no, Sarah, that's not a typo. It is 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were told not to exercise. So, you know, more and more as I've been talking to people, clearly they're younger than I am, um, have been saying that, you know, they're, they've been rec- that doctors are recommending exercise. And so I wanted to know. Um, and also there's a lot of buzz right now about diet and change. Changing yes. diet and that kind of stuff. Yes. Do you get any feelings on that, or I feel that. Um I saw a naturopath and I did change my diet. I'm um, healthier now, but uh, I don't like there. I know what I can and can't eat mm-hmm. because I know like my body can handle it. Like red meat was one of them that my naturopath told me, no, you're not having it right, anymore. Right. So forget about taking a steak or forget about, mm-hmm. you know, any of that stuff. Um, and that's not a big deal for me because I actually do. I do enjoy white meat more than red. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when she told me red wine, I said, no, that's where it's got to stop. <laughs> That's where we're going to just We all nip. have our limits. That's where it's just going to nip in the bud. So I take a lot of supplements. I take a lot of vitamins mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I feel are probably the healer of where I was and where I am. Mm-hmm. Because taking those supplements, like I religiously live about the, I live on them. And I'm diagnosed, like I'm advocating for these. If you have, you know, some sort of, mm-hmm. I instantly, oh, you should be taking vitamin B or you should be taking vitamin um, K or whatever. Mm-hmm. I familiarize myself with the vitamins and the supplements because I like to live that style. Right. I take, I eat a lot of snacks throughout the day. Um, everyone's always like, you're so skinny and why yeah, are you and, yeah. eating? And this is a podcast you can't see. She <laughs> is like, she's just so tiny. And, um, (laughs) no, but I eat a lot. Like I snack throughout the day and then like, you know, come lunchtime, I'm always eating a meal, but it's a healthier meal that I prepare myself. I don't like to go to restaurants. Okay. Okay. If I do, I'm like the worst customer. Can I have that minus this? Or can you just put that on the side? Mm -hmm. Or can I have no salt on that? So people at restaurants hate me. So I might as well just spend the money, buy my own food and make my own meals. So Right. Yeah. And of course you want to avoid um, a lot of like frozen and exactly process. I don't do. So no, I think that's important. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Jack Osborne um, Mm -hmm. uh, has said, has been quoted as saying that um, having MS for him, there is a silver lining. And I want to know, do you agree? And if so, what would the silver lining be for you? I totally 100% agree with Jack Osborne. I read um, his article. I printed it out, actually. Um, Jack Osborne was diagnosed with MS, and I think that everyone's different with MS. Every symptom is different with MS. My MS was pretty progressive at the beginning, and I think that they caught it right when it was at its peak. They kind of, um, you know, not stopped it, but... Mm -hmm. They caught it when it was at its peak, and I was put on prednisone, and it was just fast and furious. Before you knew it, I was on, you know, a medication, and I was starting to take a medicine for mm. the MS. My silver lining happened in um, in 2010, a year after I was diagnosed. That was the year I decided to go back to school to Teachers College. Oh, okay. So my biggest silver lining was completing the program for one because um there was days when you know you wake up and you're just uh i don't feel good but i mustered through it i went through it i had a lot of support my family's been a huge support my parents have been fantastic Mm -hmm. um and i have one sister she's been awesome and her kids amazing my brother-in-law amazing my silver lining was um the day i walked 
across that stage to receive my diploma. Okay. So that was it for me. That when I received that diploma, I'm like, this is it. This is my new life. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna get going. So that was pretty well it. That's amazing, Sarah. Congratulations. Thank you very on much. That. That's that's really really great. Um, what would you tell someone? Um, who is hearing their diagnosis for the first time. Well, that's funny you say that because I have told people who have just recently been been diagnosed. um, Vitamins, you know, start taking that Mm -hmm. vitamin D, start taking your supplements, start getting some sort of physical exercise and... You know, just realize that MS isn't fatal. It will not never kill you. It's thankfully, knock on wood, it's not one of those mm-hmm. diseases that is, are going to affect you um, fatally, uh, take away your life. So you just have to be optimistic and start thinking that like there is light at the end of the tunnel and you can still carry on your everyday lives. I was talking to a gentleman who was diagnosed and he's got his own company and he's an electrician and you know now he has to sell his company because he can't do it he's got a cane and he's got a family who is very supportive but I said to him you've got to change the way that you live you know and get Mm -hmm. used to a new way of living a new normal and and you're you know you get back to normal yeah. No, so yeah. It, it, yeah, you're right. It's a, it, it it's definitely a new normal. Um and um you know, yeah, I understand and I and I agree with you. And uh we've talked to other people about that too and you know, there's been people on the podcast who have also changed careers. Um we had a social worker who started the first uh, uh, disabled uh, first travel agency for people with disabilities amazing. in Canada, and she that's has MS. Amazing, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, and, and she's out in, out in the east coast, uh, west coast, rather. Um, okay, so uh, is there any words you want to share with our listeners? Um, any words I want to share with the listeners? I would say just to um, keep positive, keep you know, optimism is. The number one key stay positive keep a smile on your face and you know if you're shy about telling people you have MS that's okay you don't have to volunteer mm-hmm. that information but realize that people are there to help you you know your true friends really show face when you get diagnosed and when I was diagnosed and I was pretty much bedridden you know my true friends came to see me because they felt how could I let her go? She's such a nice person. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a death sentence. Yeah. It's just a change in life. Yeah. And I think that that's what people have to realize that it is a change of life. And you may not be able to do everything that you were able to do before, but you'll get there. You know, You know, I want to thank you for sharing that because one of the reasons why I started the podcast yeah. was because... You know, when I was diagnosed and, you know, I they said, you know, they can't tell you if you're going to be in a wheelchair. But, you know, as I researched stuff over the years, um, I realized that only 15% of people with MS end up in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? I never knew that. So that's why I called the podcast Truth Be Told. And um, also um, that, you know, people do live um, full lives. They start their own businesses. They, they, you know, they write articles. They write books. They have children. They have children. um, You know, they get married. um, And so I wanted, and that's why I wanted to start this this particular uh, podcast um, and share these wonderful stories. So on that note, I want to thank you, Sarah. Thank you for coming in. I'm very honored to have been asked to do this. I think it's fantastic. (laughs) This is a woman with a master's talking to a woman who doesn't have a master's and she's saying she's honored. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
Um, and I want to thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. And I want to thank all of our listeners. And uh, please uh, feel free to email me and offer to come on because we want to hear your truth about living with MS. And thank you, Sarah, for sharing your truth. Um, and have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much.